Welcome to Hidden Tracks with Robin LaRose, the little heard stories behind the music, the artists, and their work. Hi, it's Robin LaRose. Welcome to part two of Robert Plant on Hidden Tracks uh, today. Robert Plant has a new release coming December 13th. It's called Digging Deep, which is uh, the name of his podcast, uh, by the way. Digging Deep, the box set, is made up of eight seven-inch vinyl singles featuring two tracks from each of his eight solo albums. Songs like uh, Little by Little, Tall Cool One, and a few more obscure songs like Tin Pan Valley from the 2005 album Mighty Rearranger. And that's where uh, Robert and I pick up from last week's podcast talking about uh, Led Zeppelin, life, time passing, and uh, those songs from Digging Deep that'll uh, continue to resonate with his audience. I know that some of these songs are going to be still uh, in people's psyches of, as points of reference way on down the line because they're very um, uh, forthright and quite um, imaginative and they're played with such verve and, uh, and joy that there is the whole this entire project kind of oozes um a new way to go and a new place to be thus new sensations your band they're uh, young tight inventive great players where are uh-huh. they from and who are they to the guys clive the drummer and johnny baggett the keyboard player they came from a group called portishead who are a trip-hop band from england and justin adams played with uh jar wobble and um he played with Sinead O'Connor. Um, Skin, the other guitarist, came from an English group called Cast from Liverpool, part of the Britpop scene. And he's a very pastoral guitarist. He's a wild guy. And Billy Fuller's the bass player. He comes from a group called Fuzz Against Junk, which is a band from Bristol. Uh, the thing is that we really center ourselves around Peter Gabriel's uh, headquarters in Bath, which is in the West Country of England. And... Um, and it's a very good place to be. There's a thriving scene. I mean, the artwork on the album comes from that town. So that I have no real links with my past except for the songs from way back. I mean, I don't really... Uh, I'm in a completely new place, really. You know, it's a good place to be. The single, Shine It All Around, Big Drum mm-hmm. Backbeats, forgive the... Uh Comparison sounds a little bit to my ear like uh, when the levee breaks, but I love that song. How did this song come about? Shine it all around. I don't know. No idea. Just, just jamming. Yeah, yeah. And the most amazing thing is I never used to do sound checks. Now I can't stop doing them at gigs because we just keep writing new material all the time. You know, there's a lot of invention. Everybody's coming from a different place, both physically and musically. So there's a lot of options for us. This is the land where I live, painted all over golden. Take a little sunshine, spread it all around. Your view of the world. Lyrically, um, now as opposed to uh, then, Zeppelin, uh, you reflect your world through lyrics. You know, as you see the world, you write a song. Like, has it changed your view or much the same? Um, well, I mean, I'm disappointed, you know, and I try my best through music one way or another to paint a picture. I mean, I'm, 
this is not mainstream pop, but at the same time, my audience is reduced um, because I didn't become part of the cabaret, you know. But nevertheless, it doesn't mean to say that I can't make a few um, assessments of my world and and I must contribute to making it a better place one way or another. The difference between recording a mighty rearranger and, say, uh, Zeppelin II, I mean, technically, and, and time spent and the business in general, what would the difference mm. be to you? Oh, Lord, um, have mercy. I mean, it's so, it's so radically different. Well, I mean, but Zep II was great because we just, we did it on the fly. We did, we wrote tracks when we were moving along and we recorded them in different towns depending upon what was happening and how we were placed in between gigs on a North American and Canadian tour. And then um, we sort of created a correlation of all our ideas and it became Zeppelin II. With Mighty Rearranger, we took a laptop, some microphones, and if we were in a, a garage, uh, or if we were on top of a hill or what if we were battery powered or whatever it is we can do it anywhere and that's what exactly what we did in fact all the king's horses were done in front of a fire on the side of the hills in in the welsh mountains All the King's Horse is really reminiscent of the song Going to California from Led Zeppelin 4. Spend my days with a woman and kind, smoke my stuff and drink all my wine. Flashback quickly, 1969, Zeppelin plays at the Peony Agrodome in Vancouver. Now, I know you don't remember that gig, but uh, I'm sure you do remember bits and pieces of the first tours way back when. Um, this actually, on the 10th of May, was the second time Zeppelin played Vancouver within six months. And, and touring at that time uh, must have been exhilarating, exhausting, and of course you don't know where you're going to go from uh, one day to the next and how long it's going to carry on, right? Do you have memories of Vancouver at all or touring back in 68, 69? Um, I can't remember much about the particular and specific years because I visited Vancouver so many times um, but I do have good friends there and uh, on Vancouver Island I knew people and uh, I mean the, the number of times I've been there I just gathered friends as I went along you know and uh, 69 was more or less it could have been 72 I can't remember which year was which I have no excuse for that. I can only say that I've had a broad grin on my face. <laughs> May 10th, 1974, Swan Song is started. And according to uh, this uh, press release, you guys apparently saw Elvis Presley in Los Angeles in 1974, mm -hmm. May 10th. Elvis has been a big influence on you, right? He opened the door, per se, to uh, music and to your eyes and ears. That's correct, yeah. But I, I'm glad you told me when it was that I met him. Because I thought it was two years before that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis, I mean, hey, come on. Uh, you know, that post-war stuff that was going on for the white audience in America, in, in the United Kingdom was dreadful. It was so bad. I mean, and we didn't have a black culture, a, a, an Afro-American culture. We didn't have, you know, the uh, Quebec, Quebecois. We didn't have anything... There no New Orleans music, which was a kind of mixture of black and French music. No, no two-step, no Mardi Gras, no nothing. We just had, you know, post-war Britain, which was dragging itself up from the ground and desperately trying to 
get back on an even keel. So the music was slush. You know, there was nothing new coming along. And then suddenly around the corner, I mean, and even because there was a, a, a black culture in the United States and to a degree in Canada, you had, you had Ronnie Hawkins, you know, you had, uh, you had a lot of stuff going on. Um, which we didn't have a look at, really, and I think Elvis was the most obvious sort of dish to come along and to uh, present itself at our table, and it was really quite something when I first heard him sing. And it, it, I'm still so impressed by his voice and his attitude. Why can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't be Can we move on to a point further down the line? Absolutely. It must be kind of tough to come up with a set list that's going to please all fans, right? I'm not trying to please fans. Yeah. Listen, if I was trying to please fans, I wouldn't even be recording on my own, would I? You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm pleasing myself, and I'm pleasing it well. All of me's, all the me's I know are ple feeling pretty pleased. So, I mean, the songs are strong. It's, it's really not, It's so beautifully produced. Your voice is in great, great shape. And uh, it's all come together. It's it's really, really nice to hear. I'm glad to... Uh, Thank you. Well, it's very kind of you to say that, and it's about time it had come together. And it did, and it has. So, you know, this is where I should be, um, and um, it's a good place to be. I just quickly wanted to ask you about uh, your first Grammy and Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, two decades after the band broke up, uh, and I guess this, this, uh, um, which is interesting in itself. Uh, um, uh, well, I mean, I'm an, yeah, yeah, go on. Um, what were going to say? I think uh, uh, time passes so quickly. It really does. And, it certainly uh, does. And I, I wanted to ask you uh, how you felt about the Grammy, your thoughts on bottom, time passing, the Zeppelin uh, era. Oh, how, where, where, how many weeks have you got? I mean... Uh, <laughs> The Grammy thing, I don't care one way or another. It doesn't mean a thing to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the band was... All these projects are what they are when they are. They're great, they're strong, they're powerful, or they're weak, and they're listless, and they don't exist. But Zeppelin was was all things to me when it was at its most honest and most dedicated. And the stuff that comes afterwards doesn't mean a thing. Bonzo, of course, was my brother in many respects, and um, I miss him tremendously and i'm really proud of him and the kind of a legacy that he's left behind and um i'm in touch with his boy quite regularly now jason and the passing of time i can't tell you anything about that all i can tell you is that time flies said the monkey when he threw the clock you never ever thought this was going to be uh, as it is now huh it just flies by it's quite amazing powerfully rewarding wouldn't you say well, I never thought I'd get crow's feet round my eyes either, but it don't make me a bad person. <laughs> and I can still raise an eyebrow, so as long as I can get my eyebrow up, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you are a busy man. Glad to hear. Congratulations cool. on the album. That's very kind of you, Robin. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. Time I was on my way Thanks to you, I'm much obliged and there you have it, Robert Plant on Hidden Tracks. Watch for the Digging Deep box set December 13th. There's eight seven-inch vinyl singles that uh, features two tracks from each of his eight solo albums included. And more details at robertplant.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and uh, tell me what you think.
Next weekend, getting into the Halloween spirits, special guest Alice Cooper. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hidden Tracks podcast with Robin LaRose. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your podcasts.